0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Ouch My 30s, the podcast about the decade no one prepared us for. I keep going back and forth between trying to make this a video podcast and an audio podcast, and if you listen to this, I'd love your feedback. Which would you prefer? Do you prefer this more intimate, one-on-one experience diving into the personal travails and turmoils of DeVal George Culpepper? Or would you like to see me on video? pontificating equally let me know send me a message you know how to get at me uh life's been good i guess been a little weird been in los angeles um yeah la is depressing um (laughs) like it's weird because the people are depressed It's not a depressing place itself. It just seems like everyone still has this PTSD from COVID and there's a very like, everything's very muted and I don't know if that's universal, but it's probably not because I've been in the South and those people don't give a fuck, Um, but whatever. So, you know, I'm living my life. You know, there's an open mic at a wine bar nearby that I walk over to. It's a nice little, you know, in the day, working my tech job. I get to go experience a reprieve, telling some jokes to a bunch. I, that's the other thing, too. I realize, like, I'm the elder millennial at this old open mic now. I think, you know, it's like it's mostly, like, 24, 25-year-old dudes. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, I'm a decade older than these guys. And it doesn't, like, throw me off. It's just... I remember being that age and, like, that sort of camaraderie and, like, latching on to one another as comics, um, you know, happens then. And now I'm just kind of, like, you know, tell my jokes, linger around for a bit, then take off. Um, So it's interesting sort of witnessing that from... And also kind of appreciating, like, that my point of views and perspectives are, like, not uh, perhaps as relatable to them. And, you know, they're, they're the farthest thing from, you know, the metric for what is funny um or at least like what other people would w- would consider to be funny like being out in the real world doing shows but yeah i mean half the time i like stare into the the crowd of you know just, again 25 year old comics and you can tell they just like really don't know where i'm coming from or have never encountered a person like me before so they've never had a friend like me um so anyway it's it's fine it's nice nice little workout um What else? I was attacked by a homeless person. That was interesting. Uh, I was going to get a drink. I'd been struggling with whether or not I wanted to go grab a cocktail. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go out and have me a drink. I deserve it. And I walk outside my apartment and there's like this shambling figure wearing a, a shower curtain as a dress and like a garbage bag backpack. And he's about to cross the street, but then he like catches me in his periphery and then locks on to me like a fucking NPC in a video game. I was like, oh boy. And he closes within like three feet. I'm like, oh, he's really about to fucking hit me. So I deflected the strike, spun around, said, the fuck you doing? And he said, go back to New York City, faggot. And I was like, how'd he know? <laughs> uh, so I'm fine, but definitely has made me feel like i don't want to be here and not like oh i'm not safe i mean a little bit actually because I'm, I'm just not in a physical state to be fucking fighting homeless people i can fight like a dude but like an irrational homeless person who thinks i'm abraham lincoln or something uh there's no winning that fight so yeah it's like you know i'm paying way too much money to be attacked by crackheads like that's absurd So, uh, fortunately, I only signed a six-month lease, and I can kind of reevaluate ahead of that, but, um, yeah, like I said, it's just, like, it's a dangerous, like, muted city, you know, it's, like, it's a shame, because there's so much about L.A. that I fucking love, or let me take, I take that back, so much about L.A. that I did love um, in my formative years, you know, coming up here in the comedy scene, and, having a fledgling commercial acting career like all those things were really um were powerful moments and now I just feel like I'm trying to relive them I mean that's that's what happens every time I come to LA um I'm just trying to relive what I remember previous moments of happiness to be or where previous moments of happiness were and you know famously or clichely clichely uh You can never go home, and the older I get, the more I recognize that, where it's like, you know, you can revisit, you know, you can go through the Magic Mountain, or what's that fucking Knott's Berry Farm time machine ride? Yeah, like, you can sit on the ride and revisit old times, but you're never going to feel the serotonin dopamine drip that those things once provided you, so, uh, you know, it's kind of a drag, but it's at the same time, it's like, I'm not, I'm 36, like, I'm not the 26 year old I was, physically or mentally. Or spiritually, you know, there are things here that just like there are things about LA that I can um forgive as an older person now. And I, I do genuinely feel a lot less consternation and frustration about the banality and fucking superficiality of the city. I'm just like, look, the weather's nice, I can find some quiet corner to appreciate it in, but uh LA LA's always <coughs> LA's always been a, a spiritual shithole in that regard. Even this kid at the open mic. Um, what was the point I was trying to make? It? Let me get some coffee. Ugh, hold on, and Daddy's. Um. Yeah, just I'm just not the same person anymore. Like I'm not driven. You know, when I was first in LA, I was driven. He's like, I want to get on commercials and make this ex-girlfriend jealous. And like, now I. Ten years later, still have that for still have that energy for another girl. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about like people seeing me on TV and like getting revenge. Like I do, I want to be known creatively. I want my uh, I want to be known as a creative thinker, but not that way. Not I don't want to be in a Doritos commercial and derive some sort of sense of validation from that. So, all that to say. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's fine. Um, I'm doing some stand Uh, I'm working a tech job I really don't fucking care for, but it pays me a tremendous amount of money. So, and I have healthcare, so it's a good temporary, <clears throat> temporary gig. But yeah, I mean, figuring out how to, not figuring out, just doing it. You know, I need to respond to all my voiceover auditions and not fuck off on them. I need to. Maybe create an audio drama. I need to write uh, How to Manage Your Girlfriend's White Guilt. The web pilot. Uh, you know. It's about shifting. And you're a crazy person if you're trying to live how you were living prior to the pandemic. You know, it's the amount our lives have changed in what's the 2023? Three years. In three fucking years all of our lives have motherfucking transformed and people don't really talk about it. People are just like, "Well, I'll just go back to doing this. Okay, okay, and all everything will be okay." And it's like, no. You can look in people's eyes. You know, the hypervigilance, the fear, and the concern, or, or the, the 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 lack of joy. It's not depression. It's like a lack of joy. Again, muted. I feel like really describes people in this town right now, because they're such softies here that when they were faced with like actual calamity, you know, they have they're like, oh, I don't know. Like you know, it's like. Someone who's never been yelled at being yelled at for three years. And then, you know, they have to go back to trying to be some bright, optimistic person. It ain't going to happen. So. Uh, and, and also in dating here, I've like really gotten sort of, you know, I think this is, this is sweatpants chic now. You know, I think my days of trying are over for a while. And not like I'm not going to bathe. Not trying. I just mean like, the first date I went on, girl explained Black Lives Matter to me and tried to nigger explain me. Uh, you know, she's like, "What do you do for Black Lives Matter?" I'm like, "Bitch, I live." Like, the fuck are you talking about? That was a wild date. Um, and then I met this other girl who was super nice. We like exchange exchange like voice notes on this dating app and like, we're like la- you know laughing. And then like we got me met up and like had no chemistry, which. I, I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Uh, it was fine, but it was you know she then she texted me like a couple days later. She's like, so I was just getting friend vibes. I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> like I couldn't. It wasn't even like. I mean, she was pretty, <clears throat> but she's like, so I don't know if you're looking for friends. Like I didn't respond. Not out of like any like bitterness. I was just like, no, I'm not looking for friends. I, that's I, that's plenty. Um. Yeah, and there's you know I think women here, and probably many places for women in their thirties are just like they got rules, and I'm not talking about like consent and being a decent human being. Like that's always been a part of the fucking pathology and my reality. It's like, a, and more importantly, i I'm have too low. Still, my self esteem is too low to not observe and uh, appreciate the importance of those things in interpersonal romantic relationships but there's a difference between that and like if you disagree with me or interrupt me this is a crime and that's the energy i got like i've like i'm used to talking to people and like interjecting right not like not letting them speak but like if you say a point i'm going to jump on that point you know this girl this girl and i were talking she's like I'm like fuck, Black Lives Matter. She's like, you know, I help close three prisons. Right no, she's like, no, I work with disadvantaged, at-risk populations and economically depressed. You know, she sounded like a fucking press release. And I was like, okay. She's like, and I help close three prisons. And I was like, uh, is that what Black people want? Did you ask Black people if we want you to close prisons? Just as a, not saying it's good or bad. I was just, I was like, how did you come to that conclusion? And why are you the one who gets to decide that? And she's like, um, oh, so you're just not going to let me speak then. I was like, this bitch, I'm about to fucking, like, it was wild. And, you know, and it felt like any expression of sort of masculinity, for lack of a better word, or or uh, uh, forwardness, what's the, it's early, I just woke up, um, just being, just I don't know, having a fucking personality and like having some energy, you know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to like East Coast. No, this bitch was from Massachusetts. I'm calling her a bitch because she was okay. She wagged her finger in my face and told me how, what I needed to know about Black Lives Matter. Okay. Um. But like, yeah, there's no longer this like playful banter. Like I like the hottest, most intense, beautiful relationships I've ever had were with girls. Were like. It was a back and forth. It wasn't just her, you know, yelling or just you know making her point, and I have to sit there and be like, "You are right." Oh, you know what? As a male, I will, I will listen, because as an out, like, fuck all that, you know. It's like it's a partnership. Equality means it goes both ways. You wag your finger in my face, I wag my finger in yours. It goes both ways. Maybe that's an old school Harlem boy, Latina interested. You know, girl with the hoop earrings, Italian, who the fuck are you talking to, like, mentality. Maybe that girl doesn't exist anymore, but they damn sure ain't in fucking Los Angeles. Or Silver Lake, anyway, so. So, with all that to say, I'm wearing sweatpants and bathrobes moving forward and fuck dating out here. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, man, shit, fuck these bitches, man, they ain't shit. Fuck all that, man, trying to tell me about Black Lives Matter. I do that voice a lot in this podcast. <laughs> Uh, i don't know but you know look it's like fucking you know i'm making sex figures sitting in my underwear dreaming still i just need to really turn a corner here uh yeah yeah but what would be better i do not know i mean you know and then like this is the drifting, you know, all, all, all the only thing that makes me happy is the idea of getting into a Lexus RX 350, putting my shit in it and hitting the road again. You know, it's like and it's this thing I've been trying to run from for the, from the longest time because I've always felt such guilt about leaving places, you know, because most other people have to stay or most other people choose to stay places for long periods of time. And that's just never appealed to me. And, you know, as I've grown up, I, I see the what I've lost by not doing that. I see, you know, how my career has probably been negatively impacted. I see how um, my relationships have been negatively impacted, you know, because you can't just drift in and out of people's lives and expect them to stop everything when you return. I get that, you know. But there's still, I just... You know, I just get bored places, you know, I just like, oh, let's get up, go to work. The routine just drives me fucking insane. And like, yes, like you can break up your routine to a degree in a city, but I don't know you, but you got to play the game, you know, you got to pay rent and you got to work that job that allows you to pay that rent. And, you know, I just want to downsize and just not play that game. And that's what I've been trying to run from. It's that Hunter S. Thompson talks about it, you know, the, the rubber sack, this, this thing that's always that grips you and kind of keeps you in place. And it's like what made him flee all over all the time. That sense of just sort of like, gotcha, bitch, from society. And I don't know, would I be happy in Tampa, Florida? Probably not. I'd probably be very lonely, but it just seems like less. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I do perspective is good and and shifting your reality is always a good thing. And whether, whether I stay here or not, you know, as I've always dreamed about my family's place in the woods, it's like my dream is to be tearing up New York city in front of audiences that'll probably understand what the fuck I'm talking about and then be able to retreat upstate and do podcasts like this in my little woodland retreat and then go back down to the city to get some culture or fly to Miami or drive to Nantucket that just seems more appealing to me because the west coast is just so impermanent and riddled with crime and overpopulation and just like ugh, and people who are just like delusional i'm sure there's some delights here but it's tough where did everyone go where are I'm texting, I'm not just singing like a crazy person. Um, or am I? <clears throat> so yeah, that's that's pretty much where things are at. Not, not terrible. Uh, always could be more ideal. But that's the journey, right guys? That's what we're working towards. Trying to improve all the time. Yeah, I don't know. I do not know. Anything else? Any notes here? The Last of Us. Yeah, I'll save that for a video, I guess. That last episode was gay, gay, gay. Uh, (laughs) No, my only points about that were, like, I'm like, I'm just watching it. And I'm like, oh, I'm picking up some gay undertones here. Oh, these are overt tones. And I'm like, okay, 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, are there going to be plant zombies again soon? Like, why am I watching two 50-year-old bears come of age in this fucking plant zombie show? You know what I mean? Because then there were like two like queer-looking Afro-Latina ladies earlier in the show who got no backstory. I had no idea who the fuck they were, and arguably more important than these two gay bears, because they provide this little white girl who is the you know catalyst for the show. It's like arguably those two lesbian women—they may not have been lesbians—were more. They could have been though, because the show just decided like let's do a whole episode on this like five-second illusion. In the video game about this gay man, so like turn them into lesbians and give me their backstory. If you need to do like a gay episode, as it because it's pertinent to the actual show. This just this is just sort of this is exact exactly what they were looking for. They're like, look what we did. Look how look how uh, b- powerful, how brave. It was a brave episode. You'll cry. It was brave. These two upstate New York gentrifying looking dudes picking strawberries and a zombie show <laughs> like what am I watching this is again this the the this their story itself was beautiful you know it they i I'm not like a robot I mean there was a beauty to it, but like guy like fucking forty five minutes in here I've only seen two zo- plant zombies like what are we doing Ugh. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. Are there going to be any other black people on this show? Let's let's find out. I'm going to do a drinking game. How many fucking black people who aren't caricatures or queer lesbians show up in this fucking show? Oh, God. I'm a man out of time. I'm old. I'm fucking Archie Bunker. I've been I've been Archie Bunkered. People are going to make me have to go fucking move to Texas and get treated like shit there. Uh... <laughs> There's no place for me. I accept that. Um, Yeah. I don't know. The world is looking dicey these days. I hope you're doing okay, guys. Uh, I hope your relationships are flourishing, but I also hope you're not being complacent and just uh, giving in to safety uh, in lieu of pursuing your dreams. (gasps) Oh, no. That's what I'm doing. All right. Well, I guess I'll keep on talking until someone starts listening. All right, people. I love you. I do. I mean that. Thanks for listening. Peace.